Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing. And for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Friday, January 12th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. While details are somewhat scarce at this time, the U.S. and U.K., carried out strikes on Iranian-backed Houthi militant targets inside Yemen late on Thursday. According to a statement from the White House, the strikes are in direct response to unprecedented Houthi attacks against international maritime vessels in the Red Sea. The statement from President Biden added that the U.S. will not hesitate to direct further measures to protect our people and the free flow of international commerce as necessary. Now, the targets in Yemen reportedly included drone and missile launch sites and radar facilities used by the Houthis. We'll provide more insight on this development during today's PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Moving on, we'll start things off by taking a look at some disturbing statements made by U.S. officials, which suggest that Hezbollah terrorists could be planning attacks on Americans both abroad and in the U.S., Later in the program, the controversy over U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's three-day disappearance continues to deepen as the Pentagon's top internal watchdog announces that he's launching an investigation of the matter. Plus, an update on the twin bombings in Iran last week, as the Iranian regime announced that it has identified some of the individuals behind the deadly blast. Finally, in today's back of the brief, I'll offer some insight into Who's behind the latest wave of pro-Palestinian protests that shut down bridges and tunnels across New York City? But first up, the PDB Spotlight. The recent conflict between Israel and Hamas has reignited concerns about Iranian-backed Hezbollah, particularly its potential to escalate attacks beyond its current operations in southern Lebanon and against IDF outposts in northern Israel. Of course, This raises a critical question. Could Hezbollah expand its operations to target U.S. forces in the Middle East or even launch attacks on American soil? Four U.S. officials who spoke to Politico and are familiar with the intelligence report a growing concern that Hezbollah militants might target Americans in the Middle East or potentially strike inside the United States. According to their insights, the group is likely to first target U.S. personnel in the Middle East. Intelligence gathered by U.S. agencies 
supports the idea that the group could be planning to target U.S. troops or diplomatic staff. Now, Hezbollah's history of attacks against the U.S. in the Middle East, well, it's extensive. In 1983, the U.S. embassy in Beirut, Lebanon, was devastated by a suicide bomber, killing 63, including 17 Americans. This attack marked one of the first major assaults against U.S. targets by a group linked to Hezbollah. Later that year, two truck bombs in Beirut targeted buildings housing U.S. and French military forces, killing 241 U.S. and 58 French peacekeepers, with Hezbollah believed to be involved. The 1997 bombing of the Kobar Towers in Saudi Arabia, which killed 19 U.S. Air Force personnel, is another stark reminder of the group's reach. Though primarily attributed to Saudi Hezbollah, U.S. officials believe that the Lebanese-based Hezbollah played a supporting role. According to those same officials interviewed by Politico, the chance for an assault on U.S. soil by Hezbollah is also growing as tensions in the region escalate, with one of the officials calling it, quote, something to be worried about. Yeah, yeah, that would be an understatement. Now, Hezbollah has never successfully launched an attack on U.S. soil. However, the group is very active on this side of the Atlantic further south. In particular, they operate in a region of South America known as the Tri-Border Area. It's where Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay meet. It's a region known for being a hub of illegal activity, which Hezbollah exploits as a means of raising funds for their militant operations. Reports indicate their involvement in a number of illicit activities, including the drug trade and alleged collaborations with South American drug cartels. This includes facilitating drug trafficking and laundering the proceeds. However, their South American ventures have not been purely financial. Acts of terror have been traced back to their doorsteps. The 1992 bombing of the Israeli embassy in Buenos Aires, which resulted in 29 deaths and injured over 200, is attributed to Hezbollah. They are also the prime suspects behind the horrific bombing of a Jewish community center in the same city two years later, which claimed 85 lives and left hundreds wounded. All right, coming up, the Pentagon's chief watchdog is stepping in to investigate U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's unexplained three-day vanishing act, and will provide a fresh update on last week's dual bombings in Iran. I'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Let me take less than a minute to talk about one of my favorite subjects, cigars. Now, there's something about great cigars, right? They require you to slow down a bit. They promote conversation and camaraderie. And when you're talking great cigars, of course, well, you're talking Foundation Cigar. It's where tradition meets innovation and where craftsmanship reigns supreme. I hope by now, after listening to me bang on about Foundation Cigar, that you've wandered down to your local cigar shop to give them a try. I'm a big fan of Foundation Cigar, that is clearly obvious, including their latest offering, the Wise Man Corojo and Madura. Inspired by Nicaraguan heritage and handcrafted in collaboration with my father's cigars, these cigars are the pinnacle of rich flavor and bold character. They really are the perfect gift for cigar lovers in your life. Maybe it's your pop, maybe it's your brothers, your friends, and of course, don't forget yourself. Go get a few, have them on deck for your next gathering, perhaps on the golf course or it's poker night, wherever you and your pals are getting together. Be a hero, bring out the Foundation Cigars. Ignite your senses and indulge in the artistry of these premium cigars from Foundation Cigar. You can check out their website, 
foundationcigar.com, or you can purchase them at a local cigar shop near you. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Welcome back. It looks like the controversy over Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's three-day disappearing act isn't going away anytime soon. As discussed here on the PDB, Austin, who recently underwent prostate cancer surgery, failed to notify the White House of his absence, causing a major breach of protocol. This secretiveness has got the Pentagon's top watchdog, the Defense Department's Inspector General, launching a full-blown investigation. Inspector General Robert Storch, in a memo to Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks and other officials, announced the initiation of an inquiry this month. While the focus is currently on the Office of the Secretary of Defense, Storch noted that the scope might expand. This situation has not only attracted the attention of the Inspector General, but has also led to internal criticism within the Pentagon. Speaking to Politico on the condition of anonymity, one Department of Defense official described Austin's decision to withhold information as, quote, reckless and irresponsible. This sentiment was echoed by another official who said that while Austin is known for being a quiet person, his desire for privacy doesn't outweigh his duties to the president, department, or nation. Now, this whole issue has snowballed all the way to Congress. For the first time, a Democratic lawmaker is calling for Austin to step down. Congressman Chris Deluzio of Pennsylvania expressed his loss of trust in Austin's leadership, citing a lack of transparency and its implications on the chain of command. The House Armed Services Committee has also indicated its intention to dive into the matter. This adds another layer of scrutiny, potentially leading to public hearings later in the year. All right, next up. I wanted to give you an update on that twin bombing attack that killed nearly 100 people and wounded almost 300 at a memorial for top IRGC commander Qasem Soleimani in Iran last week. As we now know, that bombing was claimed by the Islamic State. Iran's intelligence ministry has announced some of the early findings in their investigation, identifying several key suspects behind this act. Among them is an individual who is believed to be the mastermind and bomb maker of the operation. Iran's official news agency announced that the principal suspect is a Tajik national operating under the pseudonym Abdullah Tajiki. Reports indicate he infiltrated Iran in mid-December, crossing from the southeast border and then fleeing Iran just two days prior to the bombings after constructing the explosive devices. The agency also named one of the suicide bombers as Bozrov, a 24-year-old man who they claim 
has a dual Tajik and Israeli nationality. His entry into Iran was documented as coming from the same southeastern border following a period of alleged training with ISIS forces in Afghanistan. The search continues for the identity of the second bomber. It's important to note that none of these details from the Iranian regime can be verified independently. Iran's claim that the bomber was Tajik Israeli could be an effort to simply pin the bombing somehow on the Jewish state, as it often does when it's attacked domestically. So far, in response to the bombings, Iranian security forces claim they've detained 35 individuals across various provinces for their suspected connections to the attacks. And finally, New Yorkers were treated to bumper-to-bumper traffic earlier this week as pro-Palestinian demonstrators blocked several bridges and tunnels leading into Manhattan. So, who was behind the chaos? Well, I'll provide details in the back of the brief. I'll be right back. Mike Baker here. Let's talk warranties. I know, that's exactly what you were hoping I'd say. Let me ask you this. Would you buy a car without a warranty? No, of course you wouldn't. What about your other important big-ticket purchases? Specifically, your home's appliances and critical systems. Again, the answer should be no. The bottom line is that every day is a good day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. And that's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. With an American Home Shield warranty, unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or a faulty water heater won't break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are taken care of just like that. And having that sort of reassurance, well, that's peace of mind. Choose a plan that works for you and your budget, and then it's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, well, you contact American Home Shield, and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. So when it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Get warrantied. Now, I don't know if warrantied is an actual word, but let's go with it. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. And New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and Pure Talk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value, Pure Talk. Just go to puretalk.com baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. In today's Back of the Brief, I wanted to take a look at the 
privilege behind the anti-Israel protesters disrupting life for hardworking New Yorkers. Now, the latest wave of protests by anti-Israel radicals swept through New York City on Monday, creating widespread chaos for commuters that eventually resulted in more than 330 arrests. The so-called shut-it-down-for-Palestine demonstrators blocked traffic on three bridges across the city and at the Holland Tunnel in Lower Manhattan during the Monday morning commute. Thanks to some digging by our friends at the New York Post, we are now learning more about the identities of some of these radicals, and many seem to share one trait in common, and that would be affluence, or privilege, or the privilege of affluence. The demonstrations, which were at least partially organized and funded by the New York chapter of Democratic Socialists of America, included swarms of Ivy League graduates, an artist from a millionaire family, a Fulbright scholar, multiple NYU graduate students, and a filmmaker for HBO and Netflix. Among the privileged protesters was 25-year-old Columbia graduate and NYU graduate student Ney Idris, who previously called the 7 October massacre, quote, the beginning of our victory, end quote. The Post's investigation also identified Sunita Viswanath, a former advisor to New York Mayor Eric Adams, who was previously honored by the Obama administration as a, quote, champion of change. Now, most of the more than 300 protesters that were arrested on Monday were released without bail and issued desk appearance tickets for disorderly conduct charges. They'll have to appear in court at a later date unless Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg chooses to drop the charges. And what would be the odds of that? Many of these elites defiantly took to social media after their release, promising that we'll do it again. While the protesters maintained that there's nothing hateful about their activity, chants heard on Monday included NYPD, KKK, IDF, they're all the same, and end the occupation, free all Palestinian prisoners. Eli Copeland, a 31-year-old artist and son of multimillionaire parents from California, posted an Instagram reel that said the protests would continue until, quote, there is an immediate and permanent ceasefire, the blockade on Gaza is lifted, all Palestinian political prisoners are freed, Israel ends its occupation of the Palestinian territories, and the U.S. stops sending aid to Israel, end quote. That's quite the shopping list, Eli. He then left the protest, grabbed a latte, headed off to his hot yoga appointment, before meeting friends uptown for dinner at the latest hottest restaurant. Yay, protests. They're so cool and trendy. Now, a gaggle, or maybe it's a flock, possibly a herd, of insufferable, wealthy, privileged elitists blocking streets and keeping hardworking residents from getting to work or dropping kids off to daycare or school or any other activity that normal, everyday people do, well, that's the definition of self-righteous douchebaggery. It's depressing to imagine that a significant number of these trust fund protesters would probably say that the ends justifies the means, meaning they may well argue that Hamas's brutal medieval acts on 7 October were justified because, you know, defeat the colonizers or oppressors or, I don't know, whatever the progressive term is that's now being used by the hip anti-Semitics. As the saying goes, you can't fix stupid. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Friday, 12 January. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb 
at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker, and I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.